Have you ever wanted to raise your hand and ask a question during the Sunday morning sermon? Are you looking for a place where you can find real hope? Join us on the Real Life Living in the Here and Now podcast as we tackle life's most unwelcome questions and learn to live free and real. Each week, we will take on a subject that cuts through the hype and deals with the hurt and brokenness everyone has but doesn't know where to begin. And now let's join Joe and Jeremy as they get real with themselves, with God, and with you. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Real Life Living in the Here and Now. I'm Jeremy, and as with me, as always, is Joe. And today we're excited because we're starting a brand new topic. In case you have missed prior episodes, we have uh, talked about some different things so far here on the podcast, including identity and truth and things like that. So be sure to go back and check out those other episodes if you have not. Today we're going to start talking about the will and testament of God. And so really this is a huge, huge topic because once you accept... um, the gospel, right? You make a decision for the Lord and you start walking that out. Well, one of the first things a lot of people ask is, well, what am I supposed to do now? What's the will of God for my life? And, right. and, and, and so how do I walk that out? And a lot of times what I have found is it's uh, it can be kind of, um, almost it can kind of put you in this place where you're almost looking over your shoulder all the time because you right. feel like if you do anything wrong, you're going to be out of the will of God. And how do I know that I'm on the will of God? How am I know that I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing and, and this and that? And so I don't think that's that, that's the mind frame that God wants us to be in. And so we're going to dive into some of those things. What's What, what does it mean by the will of God? And, and, and you hear the Old Testament and the New Testament and things right. like that. So we're going to define some of those things and talk about some of those things, and uh, it's going to be good. Yeah, Jeremy. I, I, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I lived. I lived for years, um, basically scared to death to do anything. You know, people don't get out of the will of God. Oh God, don't. You know, you're afraid to take a job. You're afraid to go on a date. You're afraid to do anything because you're afraid to get out of the will of God. But you know, uh, we're the children of God. We're not slaves. You know, we're. Uh, I don't think that's the way God wants us to live. So we want to talk a little bit about uh, what that means, uh, about what a testament is. And we hear that a lot, like the Old Testament and the New Testament. I heard a comedian the other day say we should call it the Old Testament and the most recent testament since the New Testament's old. Uh, but uh, we want to talk a little bit about that. But first thing I want to do, I want to read some scripture. It's found in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15 through 23 and it's actually a a prayer that paul's praying and he says ever since i first heard of your strong faith in the lord jesus and your love for god's people everywhere i have not stopped thanking god for you i pray for you constantly asking god the glorious father of our lord jesus christ to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of god I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. 
God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is the body. It is made up of com and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with him. So, and I'll get into a little bit about what that means in a minute, but first of all, what is a, what is a testament, you know, a New Testament? It's basically a will. Um, you know, a will, what is a will? A will expresses future tense, things that you wish to happen in the future. It's also something that expresses a very strong intention or assertion about the future. For example, if you die in your will, uh, for example, Jeremy, you're in my will. If something happens to me, you know, there are things that, you know, that, that happen, um, that go into place, that, that takes place, that I want to happen. There, there are things that we've laid out in our will that, of how, you know, we will handle our kids, uh, our property, uh, our life insurance, things like that. It's a thing that one desires or ordains. For example, like God's will. God ordains something to be true. And fourthly, it's a legal document containing instructions as to what should be done with one's money and property after one's death. Now, you read the scripture I just read. You think about what prayer that Paul or Paul was praying. And, you know, if you were to pray a prayer for people that was going to live 2,000 years after you, what would it be? Now, think about that. I heard so many people pray for God to move, for God to send revival, for God to stretch forth his hand. But Paul prayed that they would know what Christ has already done for them. He, it's amazing. I mean, of all the things he could have prayed, Jeremy, he prayed that people would know what Christ has already done. Now, a legitimate question would be, if Christ has done it all, why do we have to do anything? You know, what what do we have to do? What is destiny is is you know what is my destiny? But Paul prayed that their 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 hearts would be flooded with light that they would understand. And the thing that I see more than anything, Jeremy, in the Christian walk, it's been a part. It's everybody's battle is um, not truly grasping what God has done for us. So one of the the okay, things that I see. And, and I found myself doing a lot of times too is you, you get in this situation where you you've accepted Christ and you you begin thinking about uh, what do I have to do? What do I have to do? What are, and and I love you know Pastor Tess, uh, your father-in-law, and uh, basically like my papa, um, he said one time in a sermon he said you know being a Christian and serving God I can do anything I want to do. God just changed my want tos. Yeah. And I love that stuck with me so many years, but but it, it gets to the point where I think you know, like Paul is saying there, if we can really grasp what Jesus has done for us and how much love He has for us, it changes the whole thought process. It's not about necessarily what you have to do or what you should be doing, but you're you're doing out of a place of relationship. It's not that hey, I want to I want to make a podcast about Jesus because I have to because I think it's going to punch my ticket to heaven. It's because, mm -hmm. no, he's changed my life. I have a relationship with him. I realize how much he's done for me. He went to the cross for me. He, he, he died for me. He was beaten for me. He rose for me. He's going to come back for me. He's with me now. And and we want to do things in this life that honor him, that, that, that kind of portray people, and we, we, we set an example and, and try to, try our best to show people uh, who Jesus is in our, our own lives. And so I think that really understanding, like you said, 
going back to what he did, mm-hmm. the whole point of the gospel, his story, what he did, that changes the whole perception. It changes how we how we view things, how we how we act, all of it. It's not about again, okay, these boxes that you check off to get to heaven, but you're living out of a place of, and not necessarily, and you could be working at this job, you could be working at that job, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you're working, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Now, I'm not saying that, that God doesn't have specifics, because there are specific things that I feel like He's called me into, sure. that, and that stems from having a relationship from Him. I, I think there's, in, in terms of jobs and things like that, I think we should seek God about those things, because He wants to, to have input. He wants us to, to lean on Him, and He will guide us into certain things but there's been times where you know even uh, you know i used to work at, uh, at at this christian school and and i was deciding between that job and another job and and honestly god was basically saying listen whichever one you choose i'm going to bless it you know wherever you want to be so to speak and and, and i felt like one started to to kind of weigh more in in the other direction but at the end of the day sometimes it's not necessarily okay God saying, "I want you have to do this, and you have yeah. to do this, and you have to do this." And and again, there are specifics that He wants to speak into our lives. But but I think a lot of it, there's a lot of freedom as well. And as long as we're living from a relationship with Him, regardless of what you're doing or where you're doing it, you're going to be. I mean, you're the hands and feet. You're the body of Jesus. You're going to be. You're going to be an example. You're going to be an, an ambassador, so to speak, for Him wherever you're at. Right. You know, and it's like, for example, our kids. My kids don't come to me and say, "Is it is it your will that I eat?" You know, um, you know, we've set some boundaries and parameters for them that is for their protection and for their good, and and they stay within those. But again, it flows out of relationship. So when you start talking about what's God's will for my life, uh, what is a will? You know, the Bible says the New Testament or the New Will, the New Agreement. A, a will is doesn't go into effect until the person that made the will dies. So when Jesus mm, died, and the Bible even says that the tester is of none effect to the to the tester who dies. And when he died, when he was on the cross, he said, "It is finished." What was finished? The will. Yeah. The will was written, written, signed with his own blood. Well, what does that mean for our life? Well, Jeremy, I've, I've told you this before, but. Again, I was so uh, driven, and we've talked about identity and being the son of God. I was such such servant and slave-minded. I was, God, what's your will? What's your will? What's your will? Uh, what do you want me to do? I, I, always, I remember always asking God, what do you want me to do? And one morning, the Lord spoke to me so clear, and he said, what do you want to do? And I said, yeah. I want to do whatever you want me to do. <laughs> you know, and he said, "No, what? What do you want to do, Joe?" And I, and and for the first time in my my life, Jeremy, I thought about that. I thought, well, "What does that mean? I don't know. I don't know. What do I want to do?" You know, I was just a, a slave. I was just, you know, going through life and following orders and trying to follow directions. And for the first time in my life, I felt like, you know, what God was saying to me is that you're in a relationship with me, and I'm your father, and you're my son. And I've put in you, you know, Luke seventeen twenty one says, um, and when uh, twenty and twenty one, and when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation, neither shall they say low here or low there, for the kingdom of God is within you. God said, Joe, I have made you, I've hardwired you to be who you are. 
when you figure that out and you start tapping into that then you can start following that following that inner that inner quiet that peace i'll guide you with my peace i'll guide you in my hand what jesus was saying when he died on the cross was that it's finished just like i was i, I think i mentioned this a couple podcasts ago but one day, when, when I was praying one day, and, and, and I thought the Lord says, uh, you know, the Bible says, I know your needs before you ask. And I asked the Lord, then why do I have to ask? And he said, you don't. Stop asking and start receiving. And I see people living in a way, Jeremy, as our lives are almost saying, God, your word's not true. You know, I, I don't believe what you said. Because we're asking for things that he's already given us. I can't imagine a scenario where that we got a, a, a letter in the mail, a certified letter in the mail that we had a, 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 a uncle that we didn't know about that died. And we got a legal document in the mail that said we had inherited $5 million and we took that letter and we just throwed it on the counter and we never looked at it again. We would go to court. We would hire a lawyer. We would stand up in front of people. We would demand our payment, we would demand that someone gave us what was rightfully ours. But when it comes to God's Word, when something happens contradictory to God's Word, when things don't go right, when uh, when our kids are, 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 are led astray, when sickness comes into our body, when we lose a job or we get down and out or we get depressed, we don't say, no, 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 wait a minute. You know, the, the Bible says, the yeah. will says that you've given me peace, love, and a sound mind. You know, His... The will says, I'll supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Mm-hmm. We don't do that, Jeremy, for some reason. And we're living as though the, the, the will and the testament has not been executed. And we've got to start, as Paul said, you know, again, if we could write down a prayer that somebody would read 2,000 years ago, what would it be? Paul thought it was so important that he said that we would know, know what God has already done for us. Yeah, I really liked that that point you brought up. And matter of fact, uh, Brenda, my wife, came home the other night and she had listened to a podcast. And I believe uh, I believe it's Sadie Robertson is her name. It's it's one of the Robertsons, and I believe it's uh, Willie's daughter. But but her and her mother was on this podcast, and and she's of course a younger woman, and she was saying that in her generation, it's so it's so bad because we're so quick to accept and embrace things for example in our society um you know going with mental illness and this is this is not a a attack on that whatsoever but like when when someone feels depression for example or when someone feels anxiety or or those things a lot it's almost becoming like the cool thing so to speak And, and and really it's no you know, it's uh, it's it's okay. It's one thing to be open, and we should be talking about it. And we should feel comfortable talking about it. It's one thing to identify. It's another thing to embrace it and kind of become your it. identity. Yeah, and let it become who you are. And so yeah. we have to push back against this. Say no. This I mean, this is this is not gonna. You know, just bringing my wife up for example. You know, since you know she's went through a lot in her life, and 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 we're in this point now where she's kind of digging up some old things and dealing with those things and the, and the point we had to get to was hey this is not going to stand we can't live like this we're not going to accept this in our family we're not going to accept just kind of this this mindset and, and going through this it's not who we are we're going to speak the word of god over it, the truth over it and you have to fight those things like you're saying joe and i think that's an excellent point 
is uh, you know, I, I, we kind of went off there on a little tangent, tangent, but I think that's that's a good word. And you know, we were talking about our, our kids and raising our kids, and we have a five-year-old and a, and a 17-month-old right now, and it's fun. We yeah, it's a blast. It's like it's hurting cats <laughs> literally, and uh, and we were thinking, you know, when they when they leave our home, what what are some of our goals? And and none of the things that we think of is like a specific. Uh, they're all characteristical traits. No. Like we want them to be loving people. We mm. want them to be genuine. We want them to to, to be uh, responsible. And and, and just kind of going back to, to scripture, it's not so. There there's all kinds of direction as far as how to handle problems and, and loving people and, and how we should treat others and, and our relationship with God and how we should respond to this and that. There's their their core characteristic traits of who we are, not what we're doing, so mm-hmm. to speak. And mm-hmm. and, and the scripture that, that that came to my mind as you were talking there a little bit earlier comes from Matthew twenty eight. It's the last verses in that book. And basically Jesus says, uh, and he spoke to them saying, he says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And, and so that's as far as what the will of God is for our life, what we should be, what we should be doing here, you know, it's, it's, it's that. It's, it's being... God's hands and feet. It's 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 speaking, like Paul said. It's it's telling the story of Jesus and living that out every single day to everyone in front of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and again, regardless of where you're at, what you're doing, it's more so who you are. You're right. His son. You're mm-hmm. His daughter. He wants to take you in. He wants to mold you into who you're supposed to be. Not not necessarily what you're supposed to be doing. Those things will come in time. Those right. things will come as a byproduct. You, once you figure out your identity, once you figure out who you are, you'll start to discover. Okay, hey, here's what here's some things I'm good at. Here's some things I enjoy. Here's some things I'm passionate about. And I remember you told me one time, Joe, several years ago. Hey, it's it's as a father, your job is not to say, okay, son, you're going to do this in life. Your job is to find out what what God has blessed my children in the things that they're passionate about and then bless them in that. Now, of course, if, if they, you know, there, there's, there's parameters, right? I want them, I'm, I'm not going to bless them becoming a drug addict, for example. There's things that, of course, we want to, you know, discipline and, 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 what and mold. what God gifted them to do. Right, but finding those things that God has put in them and then blessing that sure. as a father. And so that was that's something that stuck with me as well. Well, you know, the thing about it is, and we've talked about truth and how do you determine if something's true and 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 i'm talking to those i guess this you know these next few episodes we're talking to those that you you say the word is true you say that you know you know the lord well the implications of that i I, i'm afraid jeremy a lot of times we're living contradictory lives we're saying you know i'm born again and, and i believe that jesus is lord of my life but yet we're not living in a manner consistent with someone that says that I believe the the will and testament that he left me. And in and so I see people running around what's God's will? What's God's will? God's will is his word. Yeah. It's it's laid out in, in God's word. It's right in there. If you'll read it. If you not just read it's not a textbook. 
you have to study it. You have to, you know, determine the context that it was written in. Look at, go back and look at the original Greek and Hebrew. Look at the manners and customs in which these people lived in when they wrote that. It takes on a whole new meaning. But we're living contradictory lives. And I just want to read one other thing before we get into something. But to prove this point, look at Genesis chapter 3. One, um, the Bible says, The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. And what did the devil say? You won't die. The serpent replied to the woman, God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were open, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together and covered themselves. So why am I reading that? Because every will is contestable. Again, if you got a, a, a certified letter in the mail about your dead uncle leaving you $5 million, there are people that are going to contest that and say, no, wait a minute. You know, I remember old uncle... What's his name? Twenty-five years ago, told me I could have his uh, his pistol, you know. But what is the judge going to look at? Yeah, they're going to look at the will. They're going to look at the document. So the the woman here was deceived because she said, "Did God really say?" And Jeremy, that's where the battle is right there. You know, people look at their circumstances, especially a lot of times, and then they look at God's word, and they say they're contradictory. Well, God said this, but this is going on in my life. Well, God said this, but this is happening. So what's going on, God? What's happening here? Well, what does God's word say about it? What does his will say about it? You have to contend. The Bible talks about contending for the faith. You have to, and, and trust me, if somebody came and they tried to take your $5 million while your dead uncle gave you, you would fight. Yeah. You would stand up in court. You would hold up. You would highlight where he said you could have what he said you could have. Mm -hmm. You would pound your fist on the desk. You would scream and yell. You would hire the best lawyer that money could buy to make sure you got what was rightfully yours. But when it comes to God's word, we just roll over and take it. We just accept. Now listen, things are going to happen in life. They are. But in God's word, he's provided answers what his will is. What his will is. That doesn't mean you're not going to have problems. That doesn't mean sickness isn't going to come. It doesn't mean death isn't going to come. It doesn't mean you're not going to have marriage problems, that your kids aren't going to have problems. It doesn't mean any of that, Jeremy. But what it does mean is that God has laid out in his word what he desires for your life. Mm -hmm. And you have to fight for that. And when it's all said and done and the supreme judge rules on your case, he's going to refer back to the will and that's what it finally is going to be what determines what happens in our life if we stand for it. Yeah, yeah, that's a great word, Joe. And I think uh, I think it's probably a good place to, to stop for this episode. We're going to pick this back up in our next episode as well uh, as far as talking about the will and testament of God. We hope this has been a blessing to you as we continue to dive into just that, you know, talking about the, the will 
presence of God for our lives and what that means for us. And we really hope you have enjoyed this. Uh, Joe, you have any closing remarks before we close down? Uh, you know, next few episodes, I want to get in what, you know, grounds for contesting a will, what makes a document a valid will, and how that pertains to the Word of God. And, and again, these are just personal experiences that, that we've had, Jeremy, and we hope someone can, can learn from what God has taught us and that it helps your life. But one thing that I know, God... God don't lie. It's the greatest thing I've learned as a Christian is God doesn't lie. And so, you know, we're trying to be real, and, and we hope that you go on this journey with us. So until we meet again next week, we just want to remind you to keep it real. Thank you for joining the Real Life Podcast. You can subscribe to our program anywhere podcasts are available. Stay up to date by subscribing to our show. Join us next week as we tackle real life together.